This is episode 633 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, May 27th, 2019. I am your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be talking about Fission Superstar X, games I'm nostalgic for, and some weird news regarding Twitch and Artifact. Some weirdness going on there that I found interesting and disturbing and just something it is something all right and i guess i'll have some movies to talk about but i will start with fish and superstar x so i've only played a little bit of this so keep that in mind but this is a roguelike horizontal scrolling shooter where you are commanding a ship that is carrying a nuclear bomb i believe and you are the mad scientist who has put this ship together. You create a pilot. You clone a pilot. And then you make your way through a lot of levels to try and get to your destination. Whatever that may be. I don't know. But it looks like it would take a while to get there. And when you start up the game, you have your pilot. And then you can pick between having an engineer, a medic, or a... Some, a scientist as your secondary pilot or if you don't want uh, an additional pilot right away you can upgrade your main weapon to be a faster firing machine gun and the way the game works mechanically is that you've got a pretty bulky ship that isn't that maneuverable you know it, it is big it's bulky it's slow and the way you shoot, as opposed to a lot of these shooters, is not just you don't just shoot in front of you. Uh, you have four turret slots on your ship. One on the top, one on the bottom, one on the left, uh, and one on the right. And each of these is filled by one of the four positions in the ship. So the pilot controls one of them, and then the scientist, medic, and uh, engineer control their ones. And so, until you fill these uh, positions, you will only be able to fire in one direction. Usually two directions from the start, because I would say that getting a faster firing weapon isn't that beneficial, especially when you can have the ability to shoot from two different directions, given that uh, enemies will come in from any part of the screen. Uh, and this is a, an interesting mechanic. However, I don't like the way it feels in practice because the range for these turrets is very limited. And if you turn out of range where it's no longer um, in its, whatever, like 45 degree angle range, you will no longer be shooting from that turret. And it could be real finicky at times and makes attacking enemies a pain in the ass uh, and just like you the enemies have weapons that are positioned at, at some part on some part of their ship so you are both trying to take them down and ideally take them down in a way where they would not be able to target you so having four pilots not pilots but all the positions filled and being able to shoot from all directions is the most ideal situation to have. And you can get additional pilots pretty early on. Um, 
But the way the the game works, uh, I think I said it was a roguelike, but the way it works is that you play through an area, taking down ships. Sometimes there'll be weirder situations going on, like a bunch of cows are in the uh, in space, and you have to avoid them while also taking down a few enemies. Not as much as usual, but still a few. Uh, there are ones where they're, they're like um, meteor clusters or asteroid uh, clusters, and you have to avoid those while also taking down enemies. And the way it works is that you play through these areas, and then when you finish an area, which can range between like one to three minutes, maybe longer, you are given a few options. Uh, you can go to a supply ship to resupply your ship. You can uh, go to a weapon shop to upgrade weapons, to get some new weapons, uh, to a pilot station to uh, heal your pilots or replace them or get ones for positions that aren't currently filled. There is something else. I think there's a, a place where you can upgrade your ship uh, and you can get new ships. And depending on where you go and, and what bonus you may get, the next section you have to play will be tougher. It could be filled with tougher enemies or it could last longer. So you could opt to go to a store or a location that isn't that advantageous and then only have to deal with weak enemies for a minute for your next section. Or you could go somewhere that might have really strong pilots, but then the next section is going to be tough and last for two, three minutes. So you have to keep that in mind and balance between the two, you know, depending on your current ship uh, setup and whether or not you think you can handle those situations. Because once any section of your ship is damaged too much, you, your ship will blow up. You know, it's not about the entirety. It's about any one of the quarter parts of the ship. Um, and if a pilot dies, which I don't think I've had happen, but I would assume that that pilot would just be gone and you'd have to replace them. I don't imagine that would end with a, a ship blowing up. But I, I like it structurally. I'm not a fan of the shooting, but there's something there that keeps me coming back that, that makes me want to keep playing i think the the shooting while not i ideal or just the limitations that it brings frustrates me at this point just because i'm i'm so used to having more freedom uh but i still want to play more and, and i i haven't messed around with the weapon shop too much i've really focused on my pilots and upgrading them and all that that when i did finally go to a weapon shop and purchase a new weapon i was like oh i like this this feels much better because your your base weapons are semi-automatic turrets you know they don't fire that fast but they get the job done the only thing that can be annoying is, is the the blind spots you have because there are spaces where you just can't hit an enemy and i've had situations where for the remainder of a level i am just pushing an enemy off screen in one corner or the other and just keeping them from being able to attack me i'm unable to hit them in my current with my current loadout so i am just avoiding taking damage while 
you know, keeping them at bay. You also can shield yourself, but I haven't really, I don't know why I haven't messed around with that, so I don't know how uh, useful the shield is. I'm assuming it's pretty useful, and I'm assuming that given my lack of significant progress so far, that utilizing the shield and understanding how to to utilize it uh, as best I can will go a long way in me uh, progressing further in the 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 game but I, i'm digging it so far i think it's 15 bucks it's on xbox one that's where i'm playing it i think it might be xbox one pc only which is kind of cool because that's not common these days but i could also be very wrong but uh i'm liking it yeah it's not blowing me away or anything but it's got small hooks in me. Not big hooks. Just small hooks. Small and big enough to pull me without just being ripped out and taking a chunk of skin with it. But uh, again, that's fishing. Not fishing. F I S H I N G. But fishing. F I S S I O N. Maybe that's not how you pronounce it. Uh, it just seems it just sounds weird because it's it's also fishing, but fishing superstar X doesn't look too bad either. Um, I, I say the one thing that annoys me the most is that when you kill enemies, they'll drop little gold bricks, and sometimes health or shield up, uh, health, uh, shield repair canisters or whatever but they always fall backwards and they move fast. And given how slow your ship moves, unless you are shooting a ship from behind, you're pretty much going to miss out on all these little bonuses. It doesn't seem like they typically drop anything too significant, but sometimes they'll drop a big chunk of health or, or whatnot. And it's impossible to reach, which just seems like a, a pain in the ass. Though I did notice there was a ship upgrade for things to be drawn to you, which would be nice, but that was an expensive thing. Um, but yeah, I am enjoying it. And now I want to talk a little bit about games I'm nostalgic for because my friend John posted on Twitter yesterday. Somebody was asking, you know, what are five games you're nostalgic for? And he posted. Uh, five of his and then I immediately responded with five of mine and tried to be not I didn't want to go with like the obvious things I'm I'm very nostalgic for Metal Gear Solid but I don't want to go with that but even the five I, I did end up picking I want to change them up a little bit but the one that I am oddly very nostalgic for that I want to talk about even uh, just for a little bit here is True Lies on the Genesis. It's this uh, the the True Lies on SNES. I believe is the same thing. It's not like Scooby Doo Mystery, which was also a, a game I'm very nostalgic for. But True Lies was a game I adored. I played so much of it, and I played so much of it specifically on my Nomad. It's probably my most played game on Nomad. Probably that and Comic Zone. Uh, Comic Zone was another game is another game I'm very nostalgic for, despite the fact that it's a mean piece of crap, and I've only ever 
I think made it through the first two levels. Uh, I would like to finish it at some point. But True Lies was a weird thing for me because I didn't see the movie at that point. It, and funny, uh, funnily enough, I really want to revisit the movie to see how it holds up. And I, I don't even know if I've ever seen it from start to finish. Because uh, I think I, I'm confused with Commando at times. I don't, I don't think there's any daughter involved in True Lies. It's just Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Arnold. <laughs> the, the, the thing I remember most about True Lies, one, I think True Lies is the one that has a chase scene through like a mall or something where Arnold Schwarzenegger is on horseback. But I also remember when I did eventually see it, the scene where, yeah, isn't Bill Paxton in it as like a fake, he, he acts like he's an undercover agent, and Jamie Lee Curtis is like, ooh, she's so excited by him. But she is tricked into going on a mission or whatever by her husband because he's, I think he suspects her of cheating or whatever. So he's tricking her and he's like the man uh, sitting in the darkness. But she does a little strip cheese number. And I remember seeing that when I was, I don't know how old. But prior to that, I remember her from comedy like i may have even seen true lies after stuff like freaky fire or whatever but like i don't remember thinking of her ever as being oh she's a a sexual person <laughs> you know she's someone you could look at and be like oh she's attractive but then w when that scene came up i'm like huh she's got a good body <laughs> i uh whatever I just remember seeing that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is a woman? I don't know if I just didn't... You know what I mean. I think I looked at her more as like a mom figure. And then I saw that scene. I'm like, oh. But you know, moms look like that too. Well, whatever. That's not important. What is important is that the game True Lies is a very, very good shooter with great mechanics. And I... I love it so much, and I, I played so much of it that I could play through the first, at least the first entire level through my head. I remember it specifically. You know, you start off in the kitchen, you get some ammo for your Uzi, and you're walking through the the kitchen, which is a small little space. Then you make your way out into the, the dining hall, and there's a grand piano in the first area. And one of the things I remember thinking was so cool about it was that you have all these enemies in there, but if you don't start attacking them right away, they'll leave you alone. So they're not aggressive right away, you know. Because when you first jump in there, Tom Arnold's like, "Hey, try to keep a low profile." And you're walking around with your gun holster, and you've got your gun hanging out the whole time. It's not much of a low profile when you think about it for any given amount of time, but it doesn't matter. They don't care. Uh, and it's funny too that when you start shooting up the place and the civilians there, other than one model of a civilian who's always reading a newspaper, the civilians don't seem to give a shit. But the one reading a newspaper will hunker down and put that newspaper over his head. But you're making way through the dining room, uh, getting some more ammo. There's a fireplace in the next area. Uh, at the bottom left hand corner 
is where the shotgun is kind of hidden. You go in there. Uh, you keep making your way through until you get to some stairs. You go up the stairs, and that's where you have the, the, the guys wearing the green like tank tops who are aggressive to you right away. The guys in the blue suits, they could care less. But take out that guy, and then there's a, a bookshelf in like this area, the upstairs. It's like full of a bunch of bookcases all over the place. But that initial bookcase, you go behind it, and then you come out, and then there's like a secret area. And that's where you can get a flamethrower. You go out in the snowy area. Uh, get some more ammo and all that, and then you make your way back in there, and you're just progressing through the rest of this area until you reach the end, and then you make your way down the mountain, just, just running your ass off. You're not you're not riding on a snowmobile or anything. You just ride. You're just running down, rolling all the freaking time until you get to the van, where Tom Arnold has the gall to say, "What took you so long?" Uh, and then the next level is the mall, which you start off, and then you're moving your way to the right. Uh, and there's the area with the water. It's just it's such a good-ass game. And one of the things I really loved about it, too, mechanically, is that you could hold down one of the buttons and then strafe. So you could, you could lock your position so that you could still fire and not change uh, the angle of your shot. So you could... You know, if if you know that this enemy is going to be above you, but you don't want to like when you're moving to the left or right, shoot or, or aim towards the left or right, you can lock in your your aim and take out an enemy much easier. Which that that specific ability makes the game. If you couldn't if you couldn't do that, it would be way less playable, way less enjoyable, and it's funny thinking about stuff like that where you have this one specific mechanic in the game that is so crucial to the enjoyment of it. Uh, you know, and I'm sure you could think of examples for many other games, but I really love the game. It's super bloody. Um, yeah, it's a very good time. Uh, way better than it has any right to be, probably. Um there's something else that I wanted to mention about it, but I can't think of it. So I'm going to move on. Some of the other games that I'm really nostalgic for, there was a NASCAR game, I think, on PS2 that me and my father used to play all the time. And we'd race, and he'd like it because it's just very simple, you know, going around in circles. But maybe half the time I would always end up going in reverse, like... I had so much fun, and he enjoyed it too, because we were just messing around and and having a good time. But at least half the time, I would at the beginning of the race, you know, I turn off all the the red flags and, and cautions and all that. I would turn around and drive in the wrong direction, the wrong direction, and I would create the biggest pileup I could, the worst accident, and then it would be his job to try and maneuver through it, and once he made it his way through it or got caught up in the the wreck we'd start over and we just did that so much uh, so, so many times you know it's it's ridiculous and stupid but we had a blast doing it and what i remember specifically about that particular nascar game is that every time you turn it on you know it might have been like 2004 i don't know but every time you launch it it starts playing um magic carpet ride by steppenwolf and it would play that that music build up, and it was just like, okay, 
every time I hear that song now, I think of that game. And to me, stuff like that is is how I know a game is nostalgic for me or, or is special to me in some way where another piece of media or what have you makes me think of this game or that game. Uh, and like I said earlier, I adore Scooby-Doo Mystery on the Genesis. I don't know what the SNES one is. I think it's more like a traditional platformer. But the one on Genesis is a fantastic and beautiful uh, point-and-click adventure. You have two areas. You have the carnival and the mansion. And I just I, I could probably play through both areas today without any help and know exactly what I have to do you know because I'm just thinking about it right now and, and all the things and it's just I love that game so much it's one of the games that I went back and purchased a complete copy of it because like I, I don't I didn't get a lot of games new back in the day and, and I didn't own Scooby-Doo Mystery when I was younger it's something I only ever rented and I may have rented it a few times but I couldn't own it when I was younger because it was super expensive. Like Funko Land, it was like forty, fifty dollars. You already mine. Can't spend that much on a game. And I, I, I never spent that much on a game until the PS2 era. I'd say uh, everything else, was like you know, secondhand. A lot of black, uh, blockbuster, former rentals. Jeez, that was almost a, that was a horrible f- uh, Freudian slip right there. Blockbuster. Ah. Um, but Scooby-Doo Mister is fantastic. You know, when I think about games like that too, from the Genesis era and all that, I just, I wish a virtual console type of thing existed. I wish there was something where, like when I look at all these uh, companies, publisher services like EA Access or whatever, you know, you have an Ubisoft thing or this or that. What would make me way more interested in subscribing to publisher publisher specific uh, services like EX or whatever is if they actually had old old games that you could play on current hardware if the EA um service had the the strike series so I could play Desert Strike, Jungle Strike and Urban Strike a series and I'm super nostalgic for if i could replay those if i could play general chaos which i believe was published by ea and uh specifically i think it was a genesis exclusive but still published by ea but if i could play games like that on these various services it would be be way more uh, i'd be way more interested in you know subscribing to them but i just I, i always get really disappointed thinking about these old games because I don't want to emulate. I would like a legal way to buy them, and I would like to be able to buy them and support something. You know, it's impossible probably to to support the the people who made it, but I, I would just like a real way to be able to buy these games and play them on current hardware in an easy way. You know, without resorting to emulation. You know, I'll use emulation, you know, and I specifically use emulation to play games that I do own that I just like. I have a Genesis, 
it probably works, but I don't know if it does. I, I don't want to buy one of those retro N type consoles or whatever because, I mean, I always hear mixed things about them. And in their own way, they're just emulation. You know, it's software emulation that works off of the, the original hardware in a lot of cases. Um, but yeah. Another game I'm hugely nostalgic for, though, is Unreal Tournament on PS2, which I know may sound ridiculous, but me and my father, like, this is the thing about things I'm nostalgic for. It usually has to do with me playing with my father or my brother. Uh, with Unreal Tournament, me and my dad would always play on the map that was two, it was a pretty small map, and it was the two, like, hills, and then the, the, the valley in the middle. And we would play one shot, one kill, because that was the one way he could actually hold his own. And we played so much of that. And we also played a fair amount of Time Splitters too, because you could do one shot, one kill with the uh, automatic shotgun. And it would work well enough for him, like the, the spread and all that, it would work well enough for him to be able to do well enough um but we specifically play the shit out of unreal tournament it was so much fun and like i mentioned my brother me and my brother played contra so much and, and played through it multiple times though thinking about that now it's it's more of a really sad nostalgic because me and my brother like for all intents and purposes i don't have a brother anymore you know contact with him ended a while ago and he kind of just distanced himself from the family and you know it is what it, like when I found out that through my mother who found out through someone else that he had moved back to the states uh, from England and got married finally to his partner of I don't know how many years, uh, over a dozen, uh, and that we weren't made aware of this. Um, that that was the point at which I I, I knew it was done done. Um, this just got real <laughs> and real sad. Oh, other games I'm nostalgic for Kirby's Adventure. Love that. Also played that with my dad. We would go back and forth doing the 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 quick draw one the quick draw mini game in that but i just love that game in general uh kirby is the best i love kirby but yeah it's it's fun thinking back to games that i'm nostalgic for and i would love to hear games that you're nostalgic for if you'd like you know you can leave a comment on, on the site tweet at me at px sausage all that jazz uh yeah so, moving on to the uh, the artifact news I was mentioning earlier, that I did mention earlier. So, artifact, if you don't remember, is the card game that is based off Dota 2, and it launched last year, I believe, and it flopped real hard, and I don't remember why, and I think the the developers stopped working on the game to try and figure out like what they could do to resolve it, and maybe it'll get a relaunch at some point, and 
come out on top like Final Fantasy fourteen. But it came out and it was just a major flop. I think probably part of the the reason was something to do with the ecosystem, I'm guessing, because with card games the ecosystem is king. And if people feel like the ecosystem is all effed up and you know, not uh consumer friendly, user friendly, whatever, that's a death nail right off the bat. But on Twitch, people noticed that Artifact wasn't getting much play. There weren't many people streaming Artifact. So for whatever reason, people have decided to start streaming a bunch of random shit in the Artifact channel on Twitch. And this ranges from other games to weird meme videos to the shooting at the mosque in New Zealand, which was up for like 20 minutes, which is just fucking terrible the people uh streaming just movies nazi documentaries hardcore pornography anime one person did actually stream some artifact and just it's just really weird and i don't know it's just twitch is a weird place and yeah maybe i should stream to artifact i wouldn't stream anything i wouldn't stream anything weird i would just be like hey this is me playing or just a regular game. Maybe this it'll be a way for me to actually get some viewers. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, it's really weird. You can you can look up to see more of it. Um, I don't know if you can hear it, but it, it's thundering and lightning. It's not you know it's, it's there's thunder and lightning outside. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and raining, decent. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it game-wise. Movie, TV-wise. Watched a, a handful of things on Netflix and Amazon because I want to clear out those queues because I just want to be queue-free. I want to be just completely void of queues. Uh, and I'm, I'm focusing on movies now because TV shows could be way more of a pain in the ass. If I actually like a TV show, I'm like, oh shit, now I gotta watch five seasons because I actually like this. Uh. But um, on Netflix, I tried watching The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I made it through about 40 minutes and I just couldn't take any more of it. I found it to be incredibly boring. I didn't give a shit about any of it. Um, I then watched after that maybe like a half hour to 40 minutes of Kazam on Hulu because it's there if you want to watch it. I thought... Maybe this will be so bad it's good. You know, that kind of goodness. But it wasn't. I was like, oh, this is bad. I I was mildly amused by Shaq's use of rhyme when speaking. I guess that was one of Kazam's shtick that I didn't remember. But I hate the kid. And it isn't as funny or as silly or as weird as I remembered being or, or wanted to be. I I don't know. I don't think there's anything else worth mentioning. I tried watching Poltergeist because I thought that was supposed to be good. I think most people like it. I didn't care for it after like 45 minutes. I just thought it was pretty dumb. Uh, Yeah. There's a, a really well done little indie flick called The Retrieval on Amazon Prime that is about the i don't i don't want to mention what it's about like it has to do with slavery and 
it, it's an it's an interesting different type of story during that era and i recommend it it's a little it could be a little slow for some people but i w- i was surprised by how engaging it was so yeah that'll do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i'm your host marcus nez y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelated sausage.com where you can find this podcast the pixelated paranormal podcast and attack the backlog which are all available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play apple Podcasts, and spotify and if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or attack the backlog you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and if you didn't already know a brand new episode of attack the backlog went up yesterday it was for agents of mayhem which is a very meh game. But you know what's not meh? That episode of Attack the Backlog. Get excited, get watching, and get her done. Next episode, Call of Duty Ghosts. Which is equally as meh. Also, just a, t- a tangent. Got a new hard drive for Maxbox One so that I could put more stuff on it. And I didn't forget how annoying the process this process was but that initial process of transferring media from one hard drive to another is just really time consuming super tedious and just i hate it so much especially because i was transferring the media from my current biggest hard drive to the new biggest hard drive and then transferring media from this one of the smaller hard drives to the second the now second biggest hard drive so it was a a double transfer a bit of annoyance but that's not important anywho if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way as always Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. P.S. If you made it this far, you're still listening. If you have any other uh, gaming-related podcasts or YouTube channels that you are a big fan of, I'd like to know about them because I just cut another one loose, and I'm, I am itching and dying for things to consume. I recently got way into Digital Foundry, even though when I look at like a lot of this stuff, I'm like, I don't get this. Or I mean, I get it, but it's like, I don't notice things in the way that those kind of people notice things. You know, I, I'll notice frame rate drops a little bit. I, I notice screen tearing when it's really bad, and that's something that's probably like the detail of these things. Like, oh, they noticed that there was this single drop frame here or there. I'm like, how do you do this? But they're all very good at what they do and well-informed and I like learning from them. I feel like I, I learn uh, as, I, as I continue watching more and they have nice retrospective. The, the DF Retro uh, series is really fun too. But uh, yeah, any recommendations would be wonderful. Anywho, again, that will do it. So this is where I say bye.